Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accountants now in baseball. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft News Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NGC Scouting and the FRS Network, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder Director of Scouting with NDT Scouting, also with the FRS Network. And we are back together again today to be your host on this Film Friday edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. We are uh, we are moving on here, on this show at least, talking about some prospects that Kyle and I have gotten eyes on over the past week, studying, going ahead and getting our, uh, you know, our foundational work done for some of the big names in this 2019 crop. So, Kyle... Welcome to the show. It's going to be exciting to talk football with you once again. Yeah, you know, we're a couple of real sick puppies here talking about 2019 prospects and film study for 2019 prospects on May 11th, 2018. But here we are, and we have four names to talk about. But, Joe, we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show. This show is missing some petty as of late. Because we had this big build-up to the 2018 NFL Draft. We had a lot of information to sift through. We didn't have a lot of downtime on the show, right? Felt like we were always working through information. And we'll continue that next week as we do uh, the state of the East and West in the NFL. But I saw a take so bad over the course of this past week that I had no choice but to bring it to light here on this podcast and make it in into reality that this was a take that somebody actually had. Uh, this gentleman writes for the Chicago Tribune and said on Wednesday that the Chicago Bears should be embarrassed by their selection of Roquan Smith 
because somebody broke into Roquan Smith's vehicle and stole some of his personal belongings, including his team-issued iPad, which featured the Chicago Bears playbook. That's a lot to digest, but buckle up, it gets better. The guy also went on to speculate how a rookie could possibly afford a BMW fresh out of college. Clearly, this man has no idea how agency works. Nor did he go out of his way to look up the fact that Roquan Smith had reached an endorsement deal with a local BMW dealership. So, this gentleman goes out of his way on Thursday to write an apology to Roquan Smith for not doing his homework and researching that he had this agreement for an endorsement with a local BMW dealership and suggesting that Roquan Smith and the University of Georgia were in NCAA violations for illegal benefits. Okay. He failed to apologize for saying that he embarrassed the team because he had someone break into his car and steal his iPad, which, by the way, the team had already deactivated and wiped clear all of the pertinent information as it relates to the Chicago Bears playbook. Joe, can I get like a 30-second reaction from you? Because this just blew my... This is the Chicago Tribune. This is not, you know, internet blogger sitting in mom's basement writing. This is, this is the big leagues, and that is a little league take. It's ignorant, Kyle. And it's one of those things where I... <sighs> I almost feel like sometimes people are very intentional about these type of takes because it's getting exactly what they want in terms of us talking about it. People are talking about it, and nobody heard of this guy, and now there's a lot of popularity, and I'm sure it was a very polarizing article, but it yielded a lot of fruit in terms of attention. And let's face it, anybody that's a writer, they want attention. And this feels like an attention grab and a totally misguided overall take that's not that's actually not true i do not desire attention whatsoever no 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 couldn't be me um <laughs> yeah, yeah do we want to talk about film friday you know i do want to say one other thing oh, here, here about we go film. no no be, this is about film friday oh. because i've seen the people i've seen the responses on twitter to people saying you know it's may 10th why are we talking about the draft why are we looking at 2019 prospects well first of all it's kind of what we do so that's that's kind of something that people need to keep in mind. We we do this. This is our job. But number two, I think one of the one of the reasons we are uh, we're able to get the workload that done that we get done on a yearly basis is because we set the foundation right now. And in, in order to truly appreciate, you know, the growth of a player, you know, knowing where they are entering that final season, I think is really important. Take Rashawn Evans for example, the linebacker from Alabama. If you didn't watch and have that foundation of the, of the way he performed in 2016 going into the 17 tape, I don't think you can appreciate the growth. Likewise for players like Darius Geis or Harold Landry, who had down years in 17. And if you never saw that 16 tape and knew what that player was capable of at their best, you're going to have a bad evaluation. And so it's critical. I think it's critical to be jumping into this tape right now so that you can have that foundational layer of knowledge, good or bad, heading into the final season to know the growth or understand maybe why they didn't play up to the standards of the previous year. I think it's critical. And if you want to do this 
and do this well, you got to you got to do summer scout. Listen, why are we doing it now? Because that's what makes us who we are, right? That's what we really pride ourselves on that makes us different from other places. Now, there's other people that are doing it, and I tip my cap to those people. But the draft industry overall is treated like a six-month-out-of-the-year gig. Yep. NFL, gig, NFL teams aren't treated like a six-months-out-of-the-year gig. So we're, we're trying to really emulate exactly what those who do this for the league are doing because it's important. And as you said, it really sets your baseline and understanding of where a player's coming from. So don't tell us we're dumb. We know we're crazy. But we're the good kind of crazy, and that's why we have four football players we'd like to talk to you all about on this film Friday. Shall I? Please do. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about Enkeel Harry. Is that how you say it, Kyle? I know that you've been to Arizona State. I believe to see so. They... Okay, so we're gonna, we'll, we'll continue with Enkeel until someone tells us otherwise. But he is a wide receiver from Arizona State, one of the guys that, um, you know, if you look at some early rankings heading into the year, you're going to see his name towards the top of the list, 6'4", 216 pounds, coming off a, a true sophomore season where he had 82 catches, 1,142 yards and eight touchdowns and got a chance to rip off four of his game films this, this past week uh, to see where Mr. Harry is going into the season. And um, I like him. I like him. I think he's a good football player. You could tell he's got some, some really special physical gifts. You know, his size, his catch radius uh, is, is evident, and he uses it to his advantage on film. There, there are so many opportunities for him where he's just given an opportunity to, to go attack a football, and their quarterback will just literally just throw it up there and trust him to go get it, and he will. And there's bodies draped around him, and uh, there are situations where you know, he's in traffic, and he, he comes down with a lot of those contested catches. And so when you, you see 6'4", 216, you want to see a guy that has an above-the-rim game that can win in traffic, can win in contested situations, and you get that from Nikhil Harry. And uh, he's also got great tracking skills. So, you know, he, to his credit, not only is the ball thrown up, but he knows how to position himself to go get it and use his frame, but also find the football and adjust to its trajectory very, very well. He shows late hands, which is something I always appreciate in a, in a receiver. Never does he tip the ball's arrival. So he's very, very savvy to get those hands up late to not tip off that cornerback that the ball's coming. So there are so many examples on the th- in the four games that I watch of him doing that uh, and uh, really, you know, not giving that cornerback any indication the football's coming. Um, seems to catch it very natural. There are some times where he shows his hands and uh, uh, the ball will, will slip through there a little bit. It rattles around. But, uh, you know, I didn't see a lot of drops in the four games that I watched. Not every time it was clean. But he, he held on, and there were situations where it tipped around or rattled around his chest, but he was very, very focused, even with bodies on him, to, to make sure that he secured the reception. Really good work around the side lines and the back back line of the end zone as well. Um, what I want to see from him, Kyle, is I want to see a more dynamic route-running skill set. You know, he's he's not sti- overly stiff or anything like that. But he's not very explosive. You don't see him very deliberate about selling his route breaks and really trying to manipulate cornerbacks with uh, with any type of finesse or you know head fakes or really selling those breaks, he's pretty robotic route runner, and so you want to see some more nuance, more dynamic change direction skills, uh, selling those fakes a little harder, and then you know he's he's got a big big body, right, six four two sixteen, and he offers a lot of surface area 
to these cornerbacks to work with in the contact window. And they they do. They get their hands on him. And so I want to see a little bit more in terms of using his hands and uh, and doing more to, to kind of reduce that surface area within the first two or three steps of his routes so that it, it, it makes it more challenging for these cornerbacks to crowd him and, and get their hands on him. So, uh, yeah, look, I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, probably somewhere between a Mike Williams and Demarius Thomas type of skill set for me. Um, but, uh, you know, want to see some growth, but I really like the potential. So he's a big receiver. You know, there'll be wide ranging opinions, but, you know, right now he looks like a really solid possession, excuse me, receiver that has outstanding ball skills. Now, I'm only going to correct you on one thing. He looks like a defensive end. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I saw. Well, you've seen him in person. So. I'm standing on the sideline at Arizona State last year, and the position group comes out for Arizona State, and I'm, I'm sitting here looking for Kalen Bellage, right, because we've heard about how big Kalen Bellage is and how well-built he is. And this dude walks by, and he is every bit of 6'3", 6'4", 6'3 and he, he looked like Randy Gregory is what he looked like. And I'm like, this dude's in the skill set or in the skill group, and it's hairy. And I, I realize it, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I can't wait to see this guy play. I was there for the, uh, the Oregon game last year where uh, Arizona State actually upset a ranked Oregon team um, in the final minutes of that football game. And, and Harry had a big deal to do with that. And I agree with everything you said, where really there's some dynamic athleticism here for his size, which makes him a really intriguing player, uh, one I'm certainly looking forward to watch and continue to mature and develop as a football player. The first guy I want to talk about is of no surprise to anybody who listened to me from about mid-October on last year, uh, talking about West Virginia quarterback, former Florida quarterback, Will Greer. Had a chance to watch another couple games of all 22 on Will Greer over the course of this past week, and he's a fun player. Like, I understand there's some questions about him centered around, like, the system that he's running, and, you know, he really mastered that very quickly and, and you know, how how that will be able to translate to the next level. But uh, he's not robotic, and I think that's really important. You know, you watch a lot of these Big 12 spread system quarterbacks, and a lot of them are, are really rigid, and they're, they're really stuck in the structure. And you don't really get that from Will like you do some of the other guys. Like I, That was one of my primary critiques of Mason Rudolph and Bryce Petty before that, who was my comp for, for uh, Mason. Will's able to get off schedule. He's able to adjust his throwing base. He's able to adjust his arm slot. All of these things to say that he understands the conceptual plan of attack but he's not married to, I have to do X in order to accomplish Y. And I think that's an attractive trait for Will. Because he's not a traditional orthodox. He's not 6'5". He's not that big body guy. He's 6'1", 6'2", with a three-quarters arm slot. And that's going to turn some people off. And I think his, his throwing mechanics are one of his biggest areas of concern and, and things that needs to be developed. But I see enough natural arm talent here with the ability to generate heat on the ball and throw with accuracy down the field and in the intermediates unless it's in the middle of the field. 
in a lot of these situations that allows Will to make a lot of splash plays that you won't see a lot of quarterbacks making. So I said, except for intermediates in the middle of the field, that's an area where Will really needs to buckle down, stop missing high. He put the ball in danger a lot in the middle of the field in the back half of the year when that schedule got tough because he was throwing through pressure and he was putting it on his receivers, but he was putting it on his receivers high. And either that ball slipped through the hands, got tipped, whatever. And that was where you saw a lot of interceptions take place. I saw it against Oklahoma State. I saw it against Kansas State. Um, that's a concern. But he's got one of the prettiest deep balls in the class. He's got that composure around him where you can get in his face and he'll slide and throw or he'll extend plays with his legs. Uh, he eats a little too many sacks, but he's not immobile. And I'm just really interested to see how this development continues when he enters his second year as the starter at West Virginia because this is a potential, in my eye, top 50 player. But where with where he's at right now, I look at where Mason Rudolph was assessed as the 79th overall pick in the third round. And without improvement as a guy that's a spread offense guy that has some questions and has some mechanical deficiencies. I can't see a ceiling much higher than that right now. So he's got to stop falling off the pitcher's mound when he's when he's throwing on his throwing platform. He'll fade away from some throws. He needs to clean that up. And if he's able to really optimize the throwing skills that he has, this is a player that has the ability to grow into a higher ceiling and really generate some conversation for himself next year. Kyle, uh, comparing Will Greer to Baker Mayfield entering their senior seasons, maybe that's an article you could write. I don't know. But, but what's your, your quick reaction to that question? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, when I look at the two guys, I actually had compared them in an article I'd written back in, I think, early November, talking about ability to get off of structure and extend plays and, and you know make good decisions in those areas and um, I don't think that Will is as tough to corral in the pocket as what Baker was. I think Baker's got better throwing accuracy within within 15 yards, but Will's probably got a prettier deep ball, and he's got what looks like a little more natural arm strength when he's not able to get his body into the throw. So, you know, that's that's a great point where what really set Baker apart was his maturation as a passer in his final year. That really set him apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think build is an area of concern for Will, not necessarily from a height perspective like it was with Baker, but he's lean. So, has he been in the weight room this summer? We'll find out soon enough. But if he has, then we can kind of check that box and move on and start asking yourselves, okay, what are, what are some of the, the mechanical issues that he has, and can he clean that up? Uh, and Baker, one of the best mechanical throwers yes. in, in the draft last year. It's it's so under-talked about, but that was a true strength of Baker. So it uh, sounds like Will Greer, his uh, ceiling is number one overall, and his floor is 75. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, it's going to be fun. Uh, 
I want to talk about Nick Bosa, Kyle, the, the brother of Joey Bosa. 6'4", 270. Uh, contributor since he was a true freshman. Five sacks as a freshman, eight and a half as a sophomore. Seven tackles for loss as a, as a freshman, 16 tackles for loss as a sophomore. And, um, you know, it's going to be hard to not really compare him to, to Joey a ton. But they're similar players, okay? I mean, there's, there's a lot of similarities between the two. Um, I think the biggest difference is that I think Nick Bosa has a little more burst, and I think Joey was a little bit more of a technician. So uh, we'll see how Nick Bosa grows here in his, in his uh, junior season. But uh, that's my big difference right now entering how I, how I contrast the two Bosas. But, uh, I mean, look, this is a top-of-the-first-round guy, right? I mean, uh, from an edge position, hand-in-the-dirt, 4-3 defensive end, I mean, he's, a, he's an outstanding run defender where he knows how to read an offensive tackle set and, and how to counter that. Uh, really does a great job of winning with first contact and getting his hands uh, located, stacking blocks, good vision to play through blocks, and he finds football. You know, he, he disengages so well. He doesn't get stuck ever. Uh, really good anchor. He squeezes down. I mean, if he's if he's if a tight end is going to have to block him out, I mean that D gap's going to disappear. He just he just pushes a you know, pushes him right by it, and, and he gets involved in the play. Very disciplined with his run fits. Um, pass rusher. He's you know, the get off is obvious. He's got a good amount of variety in his pass rush arsenal. Watch the USC game. I don't know that that was his best game, but I thought you if you want to see the full toolbox of of pass rush moves, that's going to be the one that if you chart them, you're going to see six or seven different moves that are pretty effective. And um, so he has a lot of variety. You know, it's just kind of fine-tuning those hands at the top of his rush to make sure that he can really soften those angles. But, I mean, I'm nitpicking, you know, if I'm trying to find weaknesses on Bosa because this is going to be a top-five pick, should be. Certainly feels that way right now. So, you know, if anything that I'm saying, anything critical or areas that I want to see improvement, I'm talking – you know, taking things from a 9 to a 10 type of stuff. But, uh, you know, he does everything you need an edge to do. He's special. And I, and the fact that he has more juice, I think, than, than Joey, I think is going to make people really excited. And I'll, and I'll close out this little this little preview of Bosa with a little bit of a hot take here. I peeped, I peeped at Oliver as well. And right now, today, I'm at Oliver over Nick Bosa. Oh, man, I'm the other way around. Mm. Now, okay. both tremendous football players, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, there's, yeah. There's no question. Um, Nick right now is my favorite to be the number one pick, 2019. As far as the 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 fact that he's still so young, was so good, and has the explosive element to his game, all the strengths of Joey. Maybe not as physically strong as Joey, but yet. Yet, Yet. right? Yeah, all the physical strength, or all the the technical strengths that Joey had, and more explosive. That's scary. That's terrifying. And Ed's a house, man. That's going to be a battle. Really looking forward to to seeing unfold in 2019, and hopefully getting a chance to see both those guys in person in 2018. I'm glad to know that right off the bat. You know, this is the first time talking about these guys, that right now we we have that – we do, we do, man. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun season. We'll, we get, we'll keep getting better at this too. So what I would draft it. dudes be without you and I on opposing ends of of a take? 
You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Is this the appropriate time to bring up Tyrone Crowder? Or... No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, I want to hear about Brett Rippin, Cal. Yeah, let's talk about Brett Rippin. We could talk about Tyrone Crowder some other time. Brett Rippin's interesting. Um, four-star recruit. 33 games started throughout the course of his 36 games at Boise State. Uh, Pretty impressive numbers. He's already passed for almost 10,000 yards, 58 passing touchdowns. I watched three games of Rippon. I watched Virginia, Colorado State, and Fresno State from 2017. He's athletic. I like the fact that he's able to kind of move around, reset reset his throwing platform, and move the pocket to kind of negate some rush. And I like the fact that he pairs that with some really nice timing concepts. Like there's some, there's a certain baseline level of like pitch and catch. It's off coverage. Your guy's running the hook, throw the ball, and, and get it to him before he gets out of his break. And that kind of stuff is present in Rippon's game, which is attractive because it illustrates he has understanding of NFL timing. But then you watch him when he's trying to throw out routes and I get petrified like it's all hook routes hook routes hook routes and it looks great and then he throws an out route and the ball's inside and then he throws another out route and the ball's inside and I must have watched him throw back inside on out routes and make his receivers come back into the middle of the field to adjust for the football probably six or seven times in three games those are turnovers dying to happen at the NFL level so then I start digging deeper. I say, okay, why is he missing these? What, what's the issue here? And I really saw some issues uh, with his footwork. I think that is a primary area of improvement for Rippon if he's going to you know, build himself up as an NFL prospect. He snaps the feet on quick throws and shallow set throws without any weight transfer, and he doesn't always get the hips around the throws either. So, you know, Joe, this is something that, we had talked about as a criticism of Lamar Jackson's game, where he's a little casual with the throwing mechanics from the waist down at times. We see it with Rippon. It's just manifesting itself in a different area where Lamar would miss these throws into the sidelines. Well, Rippon's missing them into the middle of the field. And if you're going to miss, miss outside. Don't miss inside. Because a lot of times that's where that defender's going to be breaking to try and contest the throw is back inside. So that's a scary thing for him, and I want to see improvement from him in that area. Um, only threw six interceptions in 2017, 
But there's much more of a ball security issue here than what those numbers would suggest. But to bring things back around to the positive side of his game, I like some of his vertical touch. Uh, he showed the ability to drop bucket throws up the sideline. Uh, he had a really good anticipation. I watched Colorado, the Colorado State game in particular. Uh, he had a, a skinny post against cover four. And that inside safety on the, the play side side of the field uh, was just caught napping just a little bit. But he still had about two or three yards of leverage on the post route before the receiver banged inside across the face of the corner that was playing over top of him, leveraged into the sideline. And Rippon lets this ball go. And I, I kind of raised my eyebrow when he pulls the trigger and says, oh, okay, we're going here. But he had an excellent anticipation that that safety was not prepared to hinge and chase the football. And he put it on the money, the boundary corner, the play side safety, and the, the far side safety had all converged by the time the ball reached the receiver, and each one of them was with, within about two yards of the receiver when the ball got there, and it was right on the money. And it was probably a 40-plus yard down the field throw. So I see that, and I get really excited. So I think there's a lot of mental ability here to work with with him. It's muscle memory for him. I think that's the most important thing for him as he looks to improve his prognosis going into the NFL. But... Uh, this is a player that's a little bit more off the beaten path. Some of our colleagues have referenced his name. So I figured this would be a good place to start because I haven't had a chance to really study Rip, and I've seen Boise State plenty. You know, we saw Cedric Wilson last year, and obviously there's a passer behind that that, that makes him be such a productive college receiver. And seeing who that is and, and some of his strengths and weaknesses, that's one I'm really looking forward to circling back to in season. Do you have a comp right now for him, Kyle? Because I was listening to you talk there, and I'm – I it, it seems I was having a hard time just like okay, who is he like do you have a stylistic comp right now? Uh, um, yeah, you know what? That's an interesting. It's an interesting question, Joe. Um, I hadn't really tried to put the comp hat on, but um, I'm gonna have to sit on that one. Try and come back to you. It's an interesting player. I think. He certainly got enough baseline physical skills. So I don't think he's one of these players that like gets blacklisted from the NFL because he doesn't have the physical tools. Like a lot of times you see weaker arm quarterbacks that have everything between the years and just they don't get a look because they don't have baseline strength in, in their arm. And I don't think that's the case with Rip. And I think he's got baseline strength. He's not a big body either. I believe he's listed 6'2". Uh, 208. So there's some filling out of this frame that also needs to take place. Um, but as far as an actual comp, I'm going to have to get back to you on uh, Monday's show. All right. Joe, this was fun. We're talking fresh names for the first time in like a long time. <laughs> so what we'd like to kindly invite each of you to do is going forward, Fridays will be Film Friday. So if you have a player you'd like us to talk about on Film Friday, we'd like you to reach out and let us know. You can reach Joe on Twitter. He is at Joe Marino. You can reach me on Twitter at NDT Scouting. 
And we are full bore into 2019 now. We're really starting to set the baseline with these players and get some opinions set. So we'll take all kinds of requests. Let us know. Let us know who you want to hear us talk about. And hit that subscribe button here on the Draft Dudes podcast as we look to help you solidify your opinions of the 2019 prospects and get ready for the 2018 college football season, which will be here before we know it. Uh, We're already getting ready to transition into the summer months here, and we're real excited about that. So that's what's on the horizon for us here on Draft Dudes. Uh, I will be back on Monday to do the State of the East, and Joe will do the State of the West on Wednesday next week, breaking down uh, the AFC and NFC East and West divisions, talking about the teams and uh, what the landscape looks like after the offseason has almost come to a complete cycle with with just uh, cut downs from 90 and veteran cuts yet to take place as we get into training camp and uh, the preseason. So lots of good stuff to look forward to. We'd like to thank you for carving some time out of your weekend, whether it's Friday, Saturday, or any other day, to listen to the Draft Dudes podcast. We'll talk with you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.